Welcome or welcome back to Prophetic Prayer Podcast. I'm Kendra, your host, and today is February 1st, and we turn to Exodus in the Old Testament, where Moses is bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. The Pharaoh changes his mind after the third day and decides to take an army of 600 men to go and get all of the slaves to return to Egypt. But the Lord is on Moses and the Israelites' side. And the way that this is portrayed is that God hardened the Pharaoh's heart so that he would go after the Israelites and then the Israelites would know who God was. But I think it's interesting because it kind of goes along with today's lesson in A Course in Miracles. I have invented the world that I see. And so this is about the theme of how we create the cause and effect. And that we're not the victims to the world that we see because we have invented it. And so if we give up these attack thoughts, then we'll no longer perceive them. And so... It got me thinking, what if that wasn't God? Because God isn't, God isn't warring or punishing or God doesn't take sides. So if you think about it, Moses was sitting there getting worried that there's no way that they were going to get out of Egypt this easy. And the Pharaoh must be trying to come after him. And so when we have those kinds of thoughts... We cast people in roles and we're sending out this, this frequency. And so that's why I say God will often send angels disguised as demons. And it's to teach us our greatest lessons. And so did the Pharaoh really need to come after Moses with 600 men and die ultimately? And yes, it was Moses connecting with God, allowing for the Red Sea to part so that Moses and the Israelites could walk right across the Red Sea. And then when they got to the other side, God brought the water down and all 600 of these men died. From my perspective, I can see a lot of different reasons why this was necessary or how it is all for God's glory. But first off, I feel that Moses his own attack thoughts, his own worries, created this in a way. And I also feel that it was necessary for Moses to see the power and authority that God was giving to him by working with him, by working through him, by being um, a servant of God. This allowed for the Israelites to start to look at Moses as an authority and with respect because even though he came and he saved them from being slaves they're still complaining they're still saying you know why have you taken us out of Egypt the moment that they see that the Pharaoh is coming after them you should have just left us there and this just reminds me of how many times that we are sent to help somebody and, and they're in pain when you're a healer and 
often even when people come to you for healing you go through like three walls of resistance when you're healing those initial walls when you bump up against somebody somebody's wounds they are most likely going to lash out because of instincts if moses was to have given up and said you know screw you guys i'm going home i came to help you and you're so ungrateful but instead he he didn't judge them for that and he didn't allow it to but to add to his story that he wasn't good enough to be the messenger for god instead he just stayed focused with what he was receiving from god now i also understand that on some level all of these 600 men and the pharaoh signed up to play this role signed up to play the the quote-unquote bad guy but just like it says in a course in miracles you are not the victim of the world you see because you invented it and so if we could take this approach of having radical responsibility and not reading these scriptures and thinking that the pharaoh and this army was the bad guys and instead see it as they were playing a role. It was necessary for the Israelites to, to surrender their slave mentality. But it's kind of like overcoming an addiction. And this brings me to like what we're seeing in the world today. So many people, even in America, don't feel free. They feel like they're slave to working a job in order to have enough financial abundance to pay bills and have a place to live and we are seeing this this revolution of people breaking free and not really knowing how to break free from those enslavement confines of everything costs money because they still had this slave mentality this consciousness they needed an authority, some, someone to, to follow. I don't think that they would have been likely to, to follow Moses or to continue to follow him when things got tough if these consequences, if they didn't see these consequences. Like when Moses parted the sea and the Israelites saw that they were literally walking through the ocean and then that when Moses put his hand down the sea went back together and killed all of the Egyptians I don't think any of them could have denied that God was working through Moses Jesus often says show them what they can't unsee so that they can't go back to sleep and so this to me is that actual experience that the Israelites had with God working through Moses. This thing that they couldn't unsee. There's no way that they could deny that it wasn't God working on their behalf. And so because their vision was distorted, 
because they didn't really know what was of God and what wasn't. They needed a little extra um, dramatic effect, you could say, to get them to believe. And then we go over to Matthew in the New Testament. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, and the leading priests and elders came up to him and demanded, By what authority are you doing all of these things? Who gave you the right? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer me one question, Jesus replied, Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or merely human? But they didn't answer him, because if they answered him one way, they would be admitting that John the Baptist actually did have this authority that came from God, but they killed him. And if they said that, that it was merely human, then they would be mobbed because the people believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And then Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Jesus goes on to share a couple more parables with him, and they, they still don't get it. And so Jesus asked them, didn't you read the scriptures? The stone that the builder rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. And so Jesus is just really instilling within us that when we come to do God's work in a fallen world, we will be rejected. And that is the initial fragmentation within the human collective consciousness. It's this perception of rejection. Rejection is actually an illusion because we can never be separated from God. Therefore, to even perceive that we are rejected is merely the ego's illusions in order to feel its own specialness. And so we must take our power back by no longer allowing ourselves to dance in those ego's illusions. And when those feelings of rejection come up, we know that this is where we, we split in our consciousness. This is where we started to judge and perceive in this fallen world as we are given free will free will is the choice to choose not to know the truth and so while we can pretend like we are victims to the world that we see forgetting that we created it in the first place or we can take radical responsibility and start to understand that nothing is showing up in the world that we see if it isn't somewhere inside of our consciousness. And so when we start to feel rejected, we remember that John the Baptist was rejected and then killed even though he came for God. He came to do the will of God. He had come before and he will come again. And then Jesus came as the son of God to show us the way. 
to say we don't need to get deceived by all of these illusions and feelings of separation. We can remember the truth and stand in that and remember that we are gods and goddesses. To remember our oneness with everything that exists and also our oneness with God. So therefore, how could we ever be separated? How could we ever be rejected? That is merely an illusion. And so it is like a detoxing. It is like what you would need to do if you were purging yourself from an addiction. We have to starve that voice inside of us that tells us that we are rejected or that we are denied or that we are betrayed. Jesus was rejected, betrayed, denied by his own apostles, but he kissed Judas because if it wasn't for Judas, he wouldn't be able to fulfill God's prophecy. He wouldn't have been able to show the people, I really am the Son of God. Watch me resurrect. Watch me show you that nothing that you fear is actually real. That if you just believe in the truth, in the way, in the light, in the fact that you are one with your creator. If you just surrender all of these ego's illusions, if you just surrender this, this perception of separation, you surrender the judgments, the hatred, to remember that only love is real, then yes, you can allow yourself to be crucified by this world without believing its authority over us and resurrecting and ascending. It's a good test for us. If we are asking that mountain to move and it's not moving, then there's something in us that doesn't believe that we have the authority to make that mountain move. And so it's about doing our work in allowing for us to continue in our communion with God on a daily basis and to get out of our own way and to realize that we are worthy, that we are chosen. And when we stop rejecting God, we will see the powerful creator beings that God created us to be. And Jesus says, follow me one step at a time. That is all I require of you. In fact, that is the only way to move through this time-space world. You see huge mountains looming, and you start wondering how you're going to scale those heights. Meanwhile, because you're not looking where you're going, you stumble on the easy path where I am leading you now. As I help you get back on your feet, you tell me how worried you are about the cliffs up ahead. But you don't know what will happen today, much less tomorrow. Our path may take us on abrupt turns, leading you away from those mountains. There may be an easier way up the mountains than that is visible from this distance. If I do lead you up the cliffs, I will equip you thoroughly for that climb. 
I will even give you my angels charge over you to preserve you in all of your ways. Keep your mind on the present journey, enjoying my presence. Walk by faith, not by sight. Trusting me to open up the way before you. This is Kendra, and you can find me at KendraDivinePurposeMentor.com.